Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Candid Catholic Convos. Before we jump in, I just want to thank you for listening. Being able to minister to you in this way over the airwaves, wherever you're listening, has been such a joy for me, and I hope to continue to do so long into the future. Because of your generous donations to the Catholic Communications Campaign over the years, we were able to produce and distribute more than 80 videos, 100 radio and podcast episodes, and over 1,000 social media messages last year all spreading the love of Christ. That's huge. So if you found value in these ministries over the years, please consider supporting this year's Catholic Communications Campaign at hbgdiocese.org slash ccc or by dropping your donation in the collection basket at Mass on June 18th so we can continue to provide these services across the diocese for everyone to enjoy. It's a season of transition in my house. Not only is the weather changing from spring to summer, my kids are transitioning from a school schedule to a summer routine. I now have a second grader, a first grader, and a preschooler on his last year before kindergarten. And it is crazy, but in all the good ways. The diocese is in the middle of a transition as well, as I'm sure you're aware. On June 21st, Bishop Timothy Sr. will be installed as the 12th Bishop of Harrisburg, and Bishop Gaynor will become Bishop Emeritus, embarking on his well-earned retirement. I'm excited to welcome Bishop Gaynor back to Candid Catholic Convos for what will likely be his last interview with us as a diocesan bishop, to chat about his most memorable moments, the art of transitioning well, and what the next chapter of his life will look like. Bishop Keener, thank you so much for making the time to sit down with us again and and chat on what very may well be the the last time we get to chat with you on this program for a while. It's always a pleasure and an honor to have you here. So thank you very much. You're most welcome, Rachel. I'm very very happy to be with you and happy to have this opportunity. I was thinking about this the other day. The last time we spoke on this program was was almost a year ago. You had just submitted your resignation to the Pope as per canon law, and the waiting process had begun. And then on April 25th, Pope Francis announced that he had appointed Bishop Timothy Sr. as the 12th Bishop of Harrisburg. So during this period of waiting, the diocese, we just continued to operate as though nothing was changing. But now that it's official, things are moving very, very quickly. So what are the next steps for the diocese as a whole? What what can we expect in these next couple weeks? Well, I, I think mostly it's preparation for the installation of our new bishop, the 12th Bishop of Harrisburg, Bishop Timothy Sr. But as you mentioned, Rachel, I, I, I submitted my letter to Pope Francis on the 8th of August, 
in anticipation of my uh, 75th birthday, which was later in the month of August. And uh, and then nothing happens then because it's simply, as you pointed out, there was a waiting, there was no change whatsoever. And, and there's a sort of a, a process begins there. And I'm sure that that process was uh, delayed because we were still in the uh, works of the uh, reorganization of through bankruptcy, Chapter 11. And uh, I think maybe they were slow pacing the the process of finding my uh, replacement uh, because of that. But uh, then, as you point out, uh, very only a few weeks after we came out of bankruptcy, uh, then the Holy Father uh, announced uh, that uh, the the 12th Bishop, Bishop of Harrisburg has been uh, uh selected and we announced that. So in, in this interim now, uh, on that day, the April 25th, I became the um, uh, apostolic administrator, which basically uh, has the same responsibilities and authorities as, as a diocesan bishop with a few exceptions. So so in a, the purpose for that, of course, is that the diocese can continue in a stable way uh, to function and, and be uh, what it needs to be as the local church. Since Bishop Senior was already a bishop, he's a bishop 13 years, uh, we had only two months from the day of the announcement, April 25th, to have his installation. So you see, we came pretty close to that uh, outer uh, limit there uh, uh, because it's June 21st, the latest it should have been, would have been June 25th. But in the meantime, a lot of the time now in the diocese is spent in preparation, all the, the many, many details, the all of the people who uh, need to be invited uh, to the uh, uh, both the Vespers, that's an open invitation the night before, and then the uh, actual uh, mass of installation, uh, which uh, Archbishop uh, Nelson Perez, the Archbishop of Philadelphia and the Metropolitan Fort Pennsylvania, uh, he will preside at that mass. And so right now, I, I think a lot of the, the uh, activity is, is with regard to pre preparing for the installation of Bishop Senior. Absolutely. And I really appreciate the the sense of continuity that we have where as an apostolic administrator that you're still here to help kind of guide us through the the ne into the next phase. Um, and I really appreciate that. That's that's pretty wonderful. And I'm very excited for this installation. This will be my first time being able to kind of witness something like that. You know, growing up, I, I had always heard about it when there was a bishop transition like Bishop Dottillo and Bishop Rhodes, but never was able to witness it. And now with the advances of live stream, a lot of our diocesan members will be able to witness it as well because it is invitation only to the actual events. Exactly, and I know many people will be interested in uh, being able to view at least uh, the the, uh, the wonderful ceremony. And I know it's it's going to be a, 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 a just a beautiful liturgy, and a very joyous uh, time for thanking God. And as you point out, you know, leaders come and go, bishops come and go, uh, but the church remains, and the the mission of the church remains. And so, over the centuries, the church has developed through experience uh, this process that that maintains the stability even during what's called an empty sea uh, at the moment of that announcement on April the 25th. Canonically, Harrisburg became, in the Latin term, a sede vacante, a vacant see, and that's why I was appointed the administrator, so I had no official diocesan bishop. 
nevertheless, uh, we provide for that stability, as you mentioned, so that the, the, all of the aspects of the local church can function during this interim time. So it's, I'm sure that the church has learned this process over centuries through experience. And uh, what's most important are not the peop- not the, not the leaders, but it's the mission of the church and uh, proclaiming Christ to the world. And that's something that can't be impeded uh, even for a period of two months when we're preparing for a new bishop. My retirement and the uh, installation or the appointment of Bishop Senior is done directly by the Holy Father. And so we will get, uh, and on the day of the installation, there will be a beautiful manuscript uh, that will be on will be opened uh, probably by the nuncio, the apostolic nuncio, uh, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, and uh, that will be uh, shown uh, to uh, everyone in, in eyesight. I, I'm not sure how they do it. Sometimes they have the new bishop actually walk around showing it to uh, the College of Consultors, that group of priests, that one of the few bodies of uh, one of the few councils in the diocese that continues in function. Uh, for instance, the, 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 the priest council ceases to function, the presbyteral council, the priest council, the uh, pastoral council ceases to function, the, the finance council and the council of consultors continue even during the sede vacante. So, uh, so they'll have that. So the, the appointment, though, I, I don't, I don't uh, have anything to do with the appointment of, of Bishop C. I don't consent to his appointment. It is directly the result of the appointment of our Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis, who has the universal responsibility for uh, the pastors of the church. So one thing that might be of some interest is that um, I have an option, and I've chosen to do this, and that is that there be a kind of a divorce uh, in in the in the field of heraldry. Uh, they call it a marriage. My, my personal shield as a bishop, which I had to devise uh, when I was made a bishop back in 2003. Um, has always been joined to the diocese where I was bishop. So it, it was joined uh, to Lexington's shield. My, my shield is on the right and, and the diocesan shield on the left. And that, that forms one shield to show the, the union between the bishop and the local church. Um, and so when I came to Harrisburg, my shield was joined to the Harrisburg diocesan shield. Um, as of June 21st, I've chosen that my shield now will stand alone. I, I could leave it but uh, the the real tradition in the church is is to the new bishop would be the only shield that's wedded to the um, um, uh, the, the diocesan shield. So I, I kind of say there's a, a sort of a divorce that's going to happen. That uh, that wedding of my shield to Harrisburg's shield will be separated, and my shield will now stand alone. So that's that's one little maybe point of interest about the the transition. But uh, I I don't sign any documents uh, that uh, welcome or that have, that uh, consent to Bishop uh, Senior's appointment. That's that's totally the sole responsibility under the authority of Pope Francis. That's fascinating. That's such a beautiful piece of imagery as well, and mm-hmm. I I appreciate the way you described that. That's. That's really that's really interesting, and that's something I didn't know. Yeah, there's also rules in heraldry, and it was fun devising that. I, I was the last thing on my mind the day after I was announced to be a bishop. Uh, a man called me who was a deacon, a man named James Sullivan. He's now gone on to God, but he he did about ninety percent of the bishop shields and new if new dioceses were formed. He he was an expert in heraldry and. That's an area that I knew absolutely nothing about, and was it all by mind whatsoever? You had to pick a, a motto, and you had to uh, devise a uh, a shield, uh, a coat of arms, 
and um, he, he was a great help. In fact, he, he did, I, he just sent me different sketches and I, I chose what I wanted. But um, yeah, so that, that, that shield now will, will be my shield standing by itself as the Bishop Emeritus. So continuing on with the topic of change, now you have to change your shield. Change is inevitable, but the ability to make the transition, to actually engage with that change is, is almost an art form. And as you mentioned, this is not your first time transitioning as a bishop, having been transferred from Lexington to Harrisburg. But now you're transitioning from being the diocesan bishop to Bishop Emeritus. What does that mean in terms of your new day to day? And how are you how are you handling this transition? Well, I, I hope I'm handling fairly well, uh, but uh, primarily my day-to-day -day, uh, functioning hasn't changed since uh, April 25th. I continue to come each day to the office and have the various meetings and appointments uh, and also the public uh, events. Uh, this is a, I'm wrapping up uh, 30 confirmations uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, the first Sunday of June uh, will be uh, my final uh, 30th confirmation of the spring uh, confirmation season. And also, this has been a time for our high school graduations and baccalaureate masses. So uh, I've, I've uh, wrapping that up. So uh, I'm still doing the public events and the, the personal uh, appointments and, and uh, meetings that uh, are part of the everyday routine of the bishop. Uh, that'll cease after uh, June 21st, and I'll be around to be able to help Bishop Senior in whatever way uh, he, he wishes. Personally, uh, the last three weeks have been a constant packing. <laughs> so getting, getting rid of a lot of things that I've accumulated and don't, uh, don't need and don't want to hold on to. And, and, and also packing those things that are going to travel with me. I'll be, I'll be living for some months at the priest retirement residence right here on the same campus as the diocesan offices. And then eventually I'm going to move into a house that's in Mechanicsburg. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a whole new uh, routine for me. Absolutely. And I, I empathize with you because we, we moved in November of last year. So moving is very stressful, mm. <laughs> but it is, it, it will be, it will be wonderful once you're nice and settled. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of help. Uh, so that, that, that's a good thing too. I don't want to give the impression I'm doing this by myself, <laughs> but, but there's so many things that have to be done. I, I just at which point I mean, I had a, a really vast collection of books and uh, much too many. And, and so it, it was hard deciding how to keep this one and give this away. Uh, so uh, that, that was draining. Kind of piggybacking off of that, every time we talk, you are just such a wealth of knowledge. And I, I am so enthralled when I hear you speak and giving the origins of words and just history in general. Can you expand a little bit more about your your love of that and your love of educating and, and how that kind of came to be and if you look forward to continuing that in the future? Sure, I, I, I do, and I hope I'll have opportunities to continue to speak and teach as well. I'll have more free time to be able to do that. It's I, I enjoyed very much. I had the opportunity to teach uh, for eight years, actually, in seminaries, two in Mary Immaculate Seminary and six at St. Charles, which is my alma mater in, in Philadelphia. So uh, I think my, my love of words came from the fact that in college seminary, we were exposed to classical languages. I had a lot of Latin, a lot of Greek, and some Hebrew. And when you study those languages, you begin to see how much our English and other Romance languages depend upon those classical languages. And so I think I had that, that love for word study. 
and and uh, and it, it, it's been and I think I, when I've mentioned it in homilies or speeches, it, it also fascinates a lot of people. I think so. We, uh, it, it, for me, it's it's always a help to, to the more profound meaning, especially when we're we're looking at the, the sacred scriptures and um, the, those words. We, we go back to the original language of, of Greek or Hebrew, and you find the depth of meaning in those that really we're only skimming the surface by our English words. And uh, and many times the, the English words have a slightly different nuance to it than the original language does. So that for me that was always fascinating, and I like to share that uh, with with uh, with everyone. So I do hope that uh, in retirement I'll have the opportunity. Certainly I'll be preaching whenever I have the opportunity to uh, celebrate mass. But at the same time I'd like to be able to have uh, some opportunities to do some um, perhaps um, series in parishes where I might be invited or. Give, give some talks anyway on, on various topics. That, that would uh, certainly, I, I would enjoy preparing those things. For me, the education is in the preparation for homilies and preparation for giving talks and presentations. So that's the, the part that I, I enjoy very much. And then the, the delight of um, trying to communicate those thoughts to your listeners. I, I've always enjoyed that. So That would be wonderful. I'm, I'm sure you would have a wonderful turnout if, if, if that series were to take off. Having been in the Diocese of Harrisburg and just having been a, a bishop in general over several, several years, what would you consider to be your greatest accomplishments and uh, conversely, your toughest challenges? I think everyone is quite aware the last nine years have been extraordinary with the uh, events that we've faced here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, beginning, uh, of course, when I came in in uh, 2014, and and in 2016 we had the um, uh, attorney general announce the, the grand jury uh, investigations, which went on in 2018. Then that devastating report. So the 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 results of that historic study of uh, the abuse of minors by clergy and other church personnel was 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 so horrific. Uh, and and to have uh, had to face that to be the, the the voice and the the public face of the church uh, during uh, that time uh, was uh, I, my responsibility, and I, I tried to uh, accomplish that uh, by being available. We had nine um, town hall meetings, listening sessions, where where large crowds gathered many times, and uh, uh, many people were able to ventilate. Uh, their disappointment, their anger, uh, their frustration, the, the harm. Many, some of the survivors spoke during those times, um, during those uh, the town hall meetings, uh, and, and then we went on fr from that to the the COVID in twenty twenty, and we had we had to deal with that and the anger of so many people. They, I, I called on the mask wars because we had such passionate people. You gotta insist everybody wear masks, and then the, on the other side passionately, we should not have to wear masks. And we're caught in the middle, both in our schools and in churches. Of course, our churches were closed for a period of time. And then it became necessary for the diocese to, for our own uh, stability, financial stability, and also for um, the equity of uh, those survivors who had claims against the diocese uh, to be able to give everybody a, a fairer uh, share 
in compensation. We did a compensation program, but we then entered into the uh, bankruptcy process. So those are very major uh, issues uh, and extraordinary uh, issues uh, during the, the nine years uh, that I'm here. If you ask for my accomplishment, I thought about that question and or my, my achievement, I, I, I would say that um, what I would like to point out is how I tried uh, during all of those different extraordinary challenges to keep our church uh, on course, you know, to, to re- keep the focus on Christ, to remain hope-filled, and to not abandon the mission that we were about in, in sanctifying, in, in shepherding, and in teaching. Um, and uh, because it's so easy when, when these uh, curve balls come at us, both personally and as a church, to uh, get derailed. And we can just sit there in shock and not do anything. And I, I hope that as we look back, uh, that uh, during the time and as we handled each of these crises, uh, that um, we, we continued the course of what we needed to be doing, uh, and, and that is to proclaim the gospel of Christ and to show love for Christ and love for our neighbors uh, through our, our, our charitable outreach work. So I, I would hope that that would be a, 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 an actual achievement, and not, nothing that I've done personally, but that we could all together continue to keep our focus and and continue to make progress in the direction that the Lord wants us to travel, despite those extraordinary challenges of the last nine years. It has not been an easy going, but I, I personally, as, as a parishioner in this diocese, I felt that, that you handled the situation with grace and it was very easy to look to you as, um, as a shepherd. And um, it has been wonderful to to kind of have your steadfast presence there so thank you for that and i think one of the one of the you know there's always look we look for the silver lining and clouds i think one of the positive um, results of especially dealing with covid uh, was our greater use and uh, continuing to use uh, wisely the social media. Mm-hmm. Now we we uh, some of our parishes were doing okay in that area, but uh, it came to the point where all of our parishes were doing something, and and many of our parishes were excelling in continuing to do the ministries of the parish, uh, especially in preaching, teaching, and getting the liturgies into the homes of the faithful through the use of uh, live streaming and and other social media platforms and. I think that, and that we've grown by that, and we've continued to develop that. And I think that, you know, the, God does bring, uh, there's a, a saying that I like, that the Lord writes straight with crooked lines. Well, we we had the crooked lines of the, epi- the pandemic, and but out of that came the straight line of uh, a, a much better utilization of the means of communication um, in the diocese. And I, I'm, I'm sure that that will continue to develop and be used fruitfully uh, for the sake of the church's mission. Absolutely. Overall, not just necessarily in Harrisburg, but from Harrisburg and Lexington and your entire career as a bishop, what would you say has been your most memorable experience? I would have to say that, um, and it's it's one that repeats annually, and that is the ordination of priests. And I'm particularly thinking here of my time in in Harrisburg, although it was certainly true also in Lexington. But uh, there's such a joy uh, and such a a spirit among the people who gather 
for that. These men have prepared for years and years for this moment in their life when they're ordained priests. And it is the ministry of the bishop by the laying on of hands and praying that consecratory prayer that takes this deacon and, and makes him a priest of Jesus Christ. And the liturgy itself is so glorious. I mean, the, the, the music, praying of the congregations, um, those for me are, are my greatest memories because it's, first of all, it is, it is the, the, one of the highest uh, expressions of the bishop's ministry is to be able to ordain priests. Um, and uh, looking back on that, those, those I think are so, some of my greatest, greatest memories, that the joy, the festive liturgy, and the wonderful transition that after so many years of preparation, these men walk out of the church now as priests ready to serve us uh, in the diocese. So priesthood ordination are my most memorable uh, occasions and my greatest, happiest memories. Moving forward, looking, looking ahead, what are you looking forward to most in retirement? I think it's uh, the luxury of more time. Um, there'll be fewer official demands uh, on my time, um, and, and which would mean I, I, I'll be able to keep a less hectic schedule. Um, and, and, and that, for me, will, will, will be a blessing. Um, I'll have more time for reading and preparing. There will be homilies and talks that I might be giving. More time for prayer and you know, solitude with our Lord at this time in my life, and also, time, also uh, more time for connecting with friends. You know, I have some wonderful, wonderful lifelong friends, and sometimes they get cheated because I, well, I, I can't see it now, and I can't go here, and we can't go this together, we can't go there, and we can't, um, because of my schedule. So uh, I'm hoping that that luxury of having a little more time, and, and I hope we use that wisely, it's one thing to have more time, it's another thing to waste it. So I'm looking forward to uh, the opportunity to have fewer demands on, on my schedule. And, and also, for, as I say, for reading, for prayer, and for connecting with friends uh, in a more qualitative and quantitative way. That sounds like it will be fabulous. Mm. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the people of our diocese? I would like everyone to know how grateful uh, I am. Um, this has been, uh, despite those challenges uh, uh, and the extraordinary um, events that took place in these nine years, uh, I am so grateful for uh, to God, first of all, for the opportunity to have served here as the, the bishop of this wonderful diocese and to have gotten to know uh, such wonderful co-workers, to be supported by my collaborators here, both at the diocesan office and and in the um, our clergy, our deacons, our religious, our, our lay leaders in this diocese, in all of our parishes, our schools, our other institutions. Um, it has been a real blessing for me uh, to get to know these wonderful, faithful Catholics and to be a co-worker with them here in this part of the Lord's Vineyard. So, so I, I just hope everyone knows my, my, the gratitude that I have toward uh, everyone here, this opportunity to know so many and to serve together with them. Um, this is our, our vocation to uh, know, love, and serve the Lord here and one day to be happy with him in the hereafter. So uh, I, I would just like everyone to know about my sincere and deep, profound gratitude to all whose paths have, whose lives have crossed the path of my life and uh, who have uh, served together with me.
Well, Bishop Gaynor, we appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for your leadership and your guidance and for joining us here uh, for this, this episode. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Rachel. It's always my pleasure. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.